When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And so the joke's on everybody in Cleveland. Like, you can sit here and continue to fill up my mentions and do all that stuff. I've muted most of you. I felt like the most telling thing, and I went back and looked at this. When the when the touchdown happened, I didn't mention anybody. I didn't mention anybody by name. I didn't mention any particular play. I didn't say anything. I just said, like, oh, that didn't look that. Why wasn't that reviewed? That didn't look like a touchdown. Didn't mention anybody. Not a not a single person. No player, no team, no nothing. Just like, oh, like it could have been anything. Sunday, I'm an NFL, I'm an NFL analyst. Could have been anybody. Oh, but the Browns fans. Came out, what do you mean? What do you, it's so funny because like, it's like when you have toddlers and you're like, Hey, who, who did that? You know, like, and the guilty one always just sort of narks on themselves. And the fact that David and Joku, who I didn't even tag, I'm not even talking about you, bro. I mean, I was, but I didn't tag you, bro. I didn't bring you into this conversation. You're an NFL player. Like I, I, again, I know it's Cleveland. And whenever you, whenever you want to say something to Cleveland, like, Hey, act like you've been there before. They haven't like, what is Cle- What has Cleveland had over the last, I don't know, number of years, uh, LeBron James's pity touchdown or pity touch LeBron James pity championship. And, uh, the Miz winning a bunch of WWE titles. Oh, by the way, the two most famous guys, three most I'll throw Drew Carey in this, all of them left for LA. None of them wanted to live in Cleveland. What have you had? And then it realized too, you know what really, this is the thing. This is why I think Cleveland got so worked up over the weekend. They're still pissed about 2016. Oh, they're still upset. So enjoy that. Enjoy your victory. I'm sure all the Cubs fans will continue to reminisce about 2016, but we got a great show. I don't know why we're still talking about this. Sammy, let's get started. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. We'll give you plenty of time to get to AEW Dynamite. The Tate Never Lies Network kicks off in about 90 minutes. And, of course, CT. I think CT's back on the challenge tonight. Uh, So much good stuff. Uh, But we're going to focus in on the Chicago Bears right now. And as we normally do, uh, joining us from FoxSports.com, it's Carmen Vitale, who's second. You know what? Her latest piece is actually on the Bears. Uh, Carmen, though, how how are you living? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, no one tells you about all of the preparations that need to happen when you're cooking for like 10 different people. So I know, right? Real fun. And it plus there's so much stuff happening in the NFL too. I'm like, oh, not you're trying to today. you're trying to find a Polish deli while trying to sift through what happened to the Packers defense. Uh, I know. Listen, it's so funny. I was reading your piece on FoxSports.com about the defense letting down Jordan Love. So it feels like the the Packers are about 18 months behind us. Next year, they'll be going through the conversation of, should we keep Jordan Love? Should we not keep Jordan Love? But I know he's your favorite, um, so I don't want to get too much into that. But for Justin Fields, and we've both stated our cases about this, uh, what did you think of the weekend? Because I think it was very, it was a very good weekend for the Justin Fields haters. 
Justin Fields haters. I'm not a Justin Fields hater. Oh, I didn't. I, again, this I'm. I, 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 listen, this is again. This is this is the, this is just like the analogy I just put out there. I did not say that you were. I didn't infer it. I didn't imply it. But now your your guilty conscience is saying that you are. No, because that's what you got. You always give me shit for that. Never. Um. First of all, no. I listen. Clearly, there's nothing working on offense, and that's not entirely on Justin Fields. Uh, that's there's a lot of blame to go around offensively. I mean, I think the Bears had what 12 first downs all game. That's just yeah. not going to get you anywhere. The defense gave them extra chances too, and the Bears couldn't really capitalize. The defense, Tremaine Edmonds, had to run it into the end zone himself. Right. Uh, and and that one interception that you know the Bears took over within like they're in the red zone. They were able to capitalize on that. Hey, which was great. There was, yeah. Which was, but I mean, that was like, if you hadn't have capitalized on that, that would have been even worse. Like that was just, that, that should have been a given. So I'm, I'm giving them credit for that. But at the same time that I can't give you too much credit for doing what you were supposed to do is what I'm saying. So Fair enough. there's a lot of offensive issues. I really, I, I wrote a lot about the bears defense Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. in the past, in the past couple of weeks which has been incredible. They're second in interceptions in the entire league right now behind only the San Francisco 49ers, which if you would have said that prior to the Montez Sweat trade, no one would have believed you. Yeah. And you're seeing that Montez Sweat was kind of the piece that needed to click in place for Matty Refluse to realize his defensive vision so far. Yeah, it feels like Ryan Poles almost knows what he's doing. But uh, listen, there's a lot of good stuff to talk about. But I know that we have our we have a third member. It's it's like I know it's I'm like so Hulk excited. Hogan coming down at Bash of the Beach in 1996, uh, and it's it, it's the former bricklayer himself, now a producer for CHGO. He is one of our go-to guys. Uh, listen, I know the microphone's covering it up, but let's bring in Greg Braggs. And uh, Braggs, first of all, I got to show you. Wait, hold on. Let me move the mic real quick. Oh. And twins. <laughs> and twins. Heck yeah. Let me make sure that I'm squared up now. We got to get, get Carmi V or meatball shirt. I was going to say, where's I my know. meatball shirt? We'll get you. Know. I'll get you. We'll although, see. Although I'm old enough that oh. meatball, I mean, you guys too, but like I'm old enough that meatball is, uh, it refers to Jersey Shore and like being Italian and stuff. And neither of which, I don't think either of you guys are Italian. Two Italian guys or two Irish guys sitting here in meatball shirts. Uh, yeah, that's. That is, uh, listen, that's something, but, uh, great. How, how are you living though? That's, that's what I want to know. We're living good. We're living on the, we're living on the edge, um, mm-hmm. out of, t- out of 23,716 simulations, Carmi, mm-hmm. the bears have 1,897 scenarios in which they can still make the playoffs. So we're wow. on. That's a, that's an 8% chance, but when oh. I say 8%, when I say 8%, that doesn't sound as fun when I say 1,897 different scenarios that can play out for the Bears' favor. There are some scenarios, but uh, Carmen was alluding to it um, just a moment ago. The defense. The defense has been incredible. Yeah. Uh, I know that the last time that we talked, it was right after, I think, the Montez Sweat trade happened, and we were ripping on uh, whoever the uh, – is it Joe Lombardi? Whoever it was who was like, this is the dumbest move I've Mike, ever heard. Mike, Mike, Mike Lombardi. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, this is the stupidest move. And you're like, well, I think it's kind of paid off. How have you, how have you felt about the defense? Yeah, certainly wasn't Vince Lombardi that said no. That. So, uh, you know, people that actually understand football. No, I'm kidding. Mike Lombardi, but yes, Montez sweat has changed this entire defense so much so that Jalen Johnson said today, came out and said he would love to sign a contract extension with the Bears. And I don't know if before Montez Sweat was here that he'd be so willing to say that in front of the media. But guess what? When you got a guy like Montez Sweat that's a multiplier on your defensive line and changes the trajectory of your success behind you, now Jalen Johnson is running into two or three potential picks a game. Like Whether they get in his hands or not is, is the question, but he has these opportunities because of the pass rush. So it's been exciting. Six and a half sacks since he's gotten here. I think he had six with the Washington. Now he's, he's already doubled that here in Chicago. So dare I say he's even better than what they traded for here in Chicago as the lone wolf, uh, hopefully to build on here in the off season with him. No, they've done a really nice job of it. And it's as a matter of fact, I had this in, in the rundown for us coming in. Uh, and I have the full quote here where he said, listen, I want to stay here. I would love to stay here. Uh, I'm assuming this was during an interview session. I don't know if this came from yeah. 70, the score or whatever it was, but that's what Jalen Johnson was saying. Carmen, let me ask you, is this a, is this something that can happen? What are you hearing? Is this, 
do they do we expect him to be a member of this team? I think so, because I think the Bears always had that expectation. I don't think that's anything different than what they wanted to do. I think even if he they didn't get a deal done this offseason, they were going to try and use the franchise tag on them. That was yeah. why it was so important to extend Montez Sweat, not have to use up that franchise tag. And now you have, provided you keep Matt Eberflus, this is the catch to everything. You have to keep Mac, Matt Eberflus in order to keep this system intact. I realize that Montez Sweat is a multiplier. He would probably be a multiplier in any sort of system. But continuity is your friend right now. Yeah. And I think a big part of this and the reason that Jalen Johnson w- would like to stay is because he's getting all these chances in this particular system, which is DB friendly. That is something yeah. that Matt Eberflus' system is. So now that it's finally working, it means you have to keep him. So Bears fans, are you okay with that? No, That's the not- question. I think Montez Sweat can be. I think he could be successful. I think he could be successful with a number of different head coaches. But some of the things that I'm hearing around the league, and I know that we're jumping around here, is that Matt Eberflus might be a little bit safer than we think. I, 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 let me ask you, Greg. To me, it comes. It legitimately comes down to Week 18 because if whatever, regardless of what happens in the next two weeks, should be wins, should at least be 500 through the next two weeks. If the Bears go out there and are embarrassed in week 18 against the Packers, I say there's no way he can come back. You just you cannot sell that to the fan base of getting blown out by the Packers two consec- two times in one season. Uh, Greg, do you, where do you think? What do you think uh, about the future of Matt Eberflus in Chicago? Well, I can understand that sentiment because we know how much the McCaskey family wears their heart on their sleeve when it comes to that rivalry. And, um, you know, I think, you know, a long time ago when Mark Tressman got the doors blown off him by Green Bay in a season where he was on the hot seat, I think that had a lot to do with him being fired. So, yeah, I could see some truth to that. Now, they play the Cardinals and Falcons the next couple of weeks. I could see them winning those games. Now you're yeah. up to seven wins on the seven season. Wins. Yeah, it's it's one of those marks that, I, I to me, if it were me, I would look to upgrade. I think there's going to be some coaches available as the meatball here you know i'm a jim harbaugh advocate but i also was when we hired matt eberflus as well so this isn't something that i've been dreaming of this for a few years and i just sit there and go man he's sitting there on a silver platter for you yes matt eberflus has gotten this defense to start playing better but as we just talked about montez sweat has a big part in that i'm not i wouldn't if i were ryan poles i wouldn't be want to be afraid of upgrading at the coaching spot even if Matt Eberflus has shown some improvement because let's face it, they've lost three games this season, you know, where they should have won. And coaching is a big part of the reason they lost those games, three of which that were in like the 99th percentile in the fourth quarter of odds of winning. And they find a way to lose. And this last week, third and 15, you talked about it in Joku. uh, You got Justin Jones lined up one-on-one with him. So situationally, I don't think Matt Eberflus is cutting the bill. He has made improvements, but I personally would look to upgrade. But if I had to guess, he's going to be here next year. You know, the third and 15, that play, you know whose fault that was? It, it was mine. Because earlier in the day, we were, we were at Rip Beer Company like we always are. And I was, I was saying to my friend Sean, and Clayton was there too, but Sean was there and he was the one I was speaking to directly. And I said, you know what? Like, it's weird because ever since Montez sweat got here, I don't fear third and 15. I felt like any time that we, cause I always felt like they're no matter what the down and it's third and 40. You're like, we're going to give this, like something's going to happen. We're just, right. we're not going to be able to do it. And I, it had been, you know, we'd start to become comfortable with uh Hey, we can stop people on third and 15. And then you're like, no, I uh, apparently that we can't. And uh, let me ask you though, Greg, real quick of all the losses this season, was that the worst? Like, I, I don't know. I know it's the, the most uh, recent. So recency bias plays in here, but of the losses and I'm like, <laughs> when, when Tyler comes onto the show and I love God bless Tyler Scott, he's like, you know, one game that I feel like we should have had was green Bay. You're like, no, no, no. You haven't been here long enough to know that uh, that played out the way that it was meant to play out. <laughs> um, sweet kid. I love him. Uh, but it's what Denver, Who's the other one? Denver, Miami, no, Detroit, Denver, Detroit. Yeah, oh yeah, Denver, Detroit, and Cleveland. Which yep. one was the worst? Man, this is tough. <laughs> twenty-eight to three, up twenty-eight to three on Denver, and you lose at home. 
Detroit yeah. on the road, your rival trying to get your first division win, and they blow it in the last four minutes of the game. But this one hurts because as silly as it sounded, they were in a true hunt for a playoff spot. Yeah. Yes, they needed things to go their way, but they were at least in that damn graphic they put up. Yeah, finally. The I made it happen. This is the bar of what we need as fans was, to feel alive. I, say, I need I need Bears fans to want better for themselves. We do. Not no, well, eventually. Like, Carter, you know, we do, but when you're starving in the desert and yeah. someone offers you a few drops of water, you're gonna take it. And that's what hurts about this because what I what I what's really disappointing is what they would have walked into at Soldier Field here this Sunday had they yeah. won. Because the the vibes would just be going off the charts. They'd had had won three in a row, four of their last five, one of the hotter teams in football. That's a snowball effect. That's momentum. That's something you can't quantify on a stat sheet. That's a real thing in the NFL. The Lions had that momentum go their way last year. And the Bears could have walked in with two straight home games and Soldier Field would have been absolutely on fire against two teams that they would have been heavily favored against. And I wish Justin Fields could have ran out that tunnel with that kind of playoff expectation energy that they they hit Matty Refluce and Justin Fields have never really felt that yes week one against Green Bay was a hype scene but it's different when things are on the line at the end of the year and I just wish they would have been able to experience that and now tickets for the game on Sunday are going for like 25 bucks and it's it's disappointing because I think they that Arizona could have ran into a buzzsaw had the Bears been able to pull it out our our biggest longest rivals uh Seriously, ask Virginia McCaskey. She remembers the Chicago Cardinals, the Racine Cardinals, the yes. Morgan Athletic Club, whatever you want to call them. Like that McCaskey, like you talk about rivalries that run deep. I I firmly believe that the McCaskies still hate, still do not feel very positively towards the Bidwell family. Not like serious animosity, but like rivals that we drove out of town, uh, which is pretty good. But you spoke about Justin Fields. And uh, Carmen, I want to give an opportunity to talk about a column that you just posted just within the, the, the last couple of hours to the point of like, Carmen, where is this story? I want to read it. Um, you laid out some scenarios for the Bears regarding Justin Fields. If you don't mind, I don't want to give away the story here, but can you give us the notes, the uh, the cliff notes? <laughs> the, cliff on, notes. Yeah, the 1A, the 1B, and the two options. There's three, but it's 1A, 1B. Yeah, and- 1A, 1B, and then, yeah, so there's a total of three options, although it is one and two, essentially. Right. And the first couple options that I laid out, 1A and 1B, is you keep Justin Fields and you either pick up his fifth-year option this offseason or you don't. Those mm-hmm. are 1A and 1B, and what the scenarios are that would that would ensue after that and what that would mean for the franchise and what they would be on the hook for later and the risks they would be taking – And then on the other side is you move on from Justin Fields. You take advantage of the draft position you have right now and how you can build a team with a quarterback that is now under five years of team control, ideally, while you have a defense that has now come on and you have some skill players around him and he's coming into a better situation than most top quarterback picks really usually are. Because of the fact they usually come into absolute messes of teams. The Bears are no longer a mess. This roster is not a mess. It has talent on it. I've heard so much from opposing coaches telling me that, listen, the Bears are not bad. They are a good team. They just have one last question mark. So that is the premise of the article. It is laying out all of the scenarios. I talked to some NFL evaluators. I talked to some cap guys, some assistant GMs, some scouts, some NFL personnel executives, just to get an idea of what a trade market would be like, what they think should happen in Chicago, all of that kind of stuff. It's all in there if you guys want to read it. And these are current people. This isn't Mike Lombardi. No, just kidding. No, no, not, not, these, are, these are people currently employed by NFL teams. Okay. Uh, before, before I ask Greg his opinion on this, I want to I want to ask one thing. Now, the caveat in a lot of this is that the Bears have one of the first two picks in the draft. Right. Does any of this change? Because if you beat Arizona this week, then their record gets worse. We anticipate New England continuing to lose. And Carolina, you know, they're in the NFC South. Like, they could close out with victories. 
it, does any of this change at the Bears end up with the third pick? Because then you would have to trade up for one of the two quarterbacks. Yeah, that that's not a scenario that I essentially put in there because it was already almost 2,000 words and no one wants to read that much. Right. Uh, I do. I love it. You do a great job. Thank you. Uh, but I don't, I think that that would change a few things around, especially because now you're talking about if you do want to get one of those quarterbacks, having to package picks and give up some more draft capital, but at the same time, it's still a top three pick. And are you going to be in this situation later on? If you do stick it out with fields say, and it doesn't ultimately work out, then what are you going to do? What are you like? How, how are you going to fare? Because you're not going to be bad enough going forward to command one of those top three, top five picks, hopefully. And I, I'm in full belief of that, given the talent on this team now. So you have to make some decisions if you're Ryan Poles, and it's a GM's job to look two, three years into the future, not just what is what needs to happen right now. Yeah, and he's made some big moves before where he got rid of some high-profile players, Roquan Smith, uh, Khalil Mack, some guys that, you know, it hurt his fans to see those players leave, but ultimately it's led to a bigger and better roster. So, Greg, let me ask you, could, let, let's just say in this instance that Carolina ends up with one of the first two picks in the draft. You have an opportunity to draft Caleb Williams or Drake May. What are you doing if you're Ryan Pulse? Yeah, I mean, for me, if they have the number one pick, I'm drafting Caleb Williams. Uh, I, I've i watched a lot of his games here the last two years. I watched him every snap this year because we, as we started to see Carolina's pick become more of a number one pick reality, which in the offseason, if you had asked me where that pick would be, I would have never guessed it would be a, the number one pick going away. Now, that's not closed door yet. So mm-hmm. um, we're going to stress about that here the next few weeks. If they don't have the number one pick, it's number two. And let's say Caleb goes one. And that's a tougher situation because either quarterback, Caleb or Drake, if they were to be drafted in Chicago, they're walking into a lot of pressure. You already have the built-in pressure of trying to overcome this demon here in Chicago. It's like the new curse here in Chicago that Cubs fans had to deal with for 108 years. And now it's the quarterback curse. You have that hanging over your head. You have the fan and media pressure that's always there in a big city like Chicago. And oh, by the way, if you're Drake May walking into this, you're following Mitch Trubisky from North right. North Carolina right. and replacing both of them would be replacing a beloved quarterback in Justin Fields. So there's a ton of pressure at that spot. So to me, Caleb Williams at one, yes. Number two, I'd be surprised if the bears went that route after getting burned by Mitch. And I know that has nothing to do with what Drake may is capable of on the football field. He's got a big arm, six, four, two whatever he is. He's got all the intangibles, but I just think when you add all that together and the pressure that you have to consider, maybe Marvin Harrison jr. Or a trade back in that spot is smarter for the future of the franchise. So that like, like Carmi V was saying, and I'm sure she's pointed out in the, in the article that there are so many different ways this can break down as far as the scenarios. Mm-hmm. And it makes me nervous, but yeah, if it were me, I'm drafting Caleb Williams, but this tribalism that's breaking out in bears fandom this year has been very toxic and disappointing. Not surprising. I understand how bears fans are. It's the nature of the beast, but to draw the line in the sand, like you have to pick a side, which one would you prefer if the bears decide to keep Justin Fields and trade that pick back or keep Justin Fields and draft Marvin Harrison jr. I'm not going to complain. I know that this team is going to compete next year. I personally would draft Caleb Williams, but I'm not the GM. So we'll just have to wait and see what Ryan poles is going to do. But if I had to guess, and if you asked me to bet a thousand bucks on it, they have the number one pick they're drafting Caleb Williams. We're not asking that. Uh, we're not asking that at all. I, you know what? I'm with you because, well, I'm not with you because I was going to say, wait a second. Did no, last no, no. week not even no, happen? No, no, right? Hold on, no, 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 this is no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I'm a Justin Fields guy and I'll be that way. And I say that if we get the number one pick, I would, I would hope that this scenario laid out to where you could jump from one to three to ensure that you're still getting Marvin Harrison jr. But trying to pick up some extra draft capital, I would choose to go with Justin Fields, but where I agree with Greg is, is I, I, I don't enjoy the tribalism. Like I really don't. And it's one of the things like, and it, it's similar to being out here in Southern California where you have Dodgers and you have angel fans and you're like, okay. But like, I remember one time there were fights happening in the stadium 
And I remember this was just after a Lakers, like after a Lakers championship. I'm like, we were at a Lakers parade like seven days ago. Like, let's remember that we all are ultimately the same side. Let's right. do this kind of thing. And that's what I want the Bears to do is like, everybody should rally around the Bears and, and be Bears fans first and foremost. We can have our favorites and we can believe that Justin Fields is the guy or not. But I, I it, to me, it's kind of also like if I have two kids. And sometimes you're like, hey, what do you guys want for dinner? And one says pizza. The other says tacos. Both of them are great choices. Like you can sit here and be like, I understand that both of them are great choices. There's a lot of merit to both sides, like the economics, the the uh, the chess, not checkers type of situation of like 50 year contract, all that stuff. I'm in like I, I understand. I understand what you're saying. I understand that point of view. I'm not saying it's ridiculous. I'm not saying it's wrong. I just feel like, well, I just, I, I kind of like our guy and I think that he's ready to go. I, I, the one thing that I, I pause with, and you have Cole Komet in a lot. What does it do to the locker room? Like, it yeah. feels like Justin Fields is extremely popular with a lot of the Bears players. Would this fracture the locker room? Well, there's no question he's extremely popular. And and DJ Moore, after the game, he's been asked about this the last couple of weeks. He he came out and not only said that, you know, J JF1 is his guy, which I think any player would say about his teammate, but he even took it a step further and said he's better than the two guys coming out of college. And I thought he didn't have to add that. And yeah. for him to say that, to me, was a kind of a wow moment because I think everybody understands the decision Ryan Poles is about to make. And for him to kind of put all that on front street, push all his chips on the table and kind of call out these quarterbacks that could be coming out and replacing Justin Fields, I thought really was a powerful message from one of the stars and leaders on your team. Now, Darnell Mooney, Jalen Johnson, Tyler Scott here on your show, uh, you know, Cole Komet on ours, everybody's starting to, you know, rally around him because we all see the end of the season's coming and this decision is coming and they're going to have their guys back. Do I think it'll fracture the locker room? I mean, it's a business at the end of the day, these guys will, you know, be upset that he left just like some of them were upset when Roquan Smith left. But to me, they'll rally around Caleb Williams. But then when the season starts, if Caleb struggles and Justin Fields is in Atlanta, tearing <laughs> it up, that's when I think then you might have some guys going back to their house and complaining about the decision that had been made. So to me, just like for the fans, for players, it's a results driven business. And if it works out, everyone will be happy. If it doesn't, that's when the questions will start to arise. Yeah. What do you think, Carmen? I know that you mentioned in your story that DJ Moore went above and beyond of like the normal, what is he supposed to say? It felt like there was real sentiment behind that. It, and I'm sure there is. I mean, these guys obviously are going through a lot together. The Bears have faced a lot of adversity together, and that is something that brings the team together. Of course, you don't want to fracture that. But at the same time, like Bragg said, this is a business. All of these guys understand that. And at the end of the day, they're all looking out for number one. And they and what what can help them get to a higher next contract? What can help them in their game? Winning. Winning and having a good quarterback under center that can delegate everything, whether that's Justin, whether that's someone new at the end of the day, not these guys aren't, they're not going to pout on the sideline because the, the bears traded Justin Fields right. and say, I'm, you know, if he's not here, I'm not playing. Like, that's not a thing that these guys do. No, never, they're playing no. for their contract. They're playing for their livelihoods, their families and what they need out of this game. So if, if whoever can facilitate that, whoever can facilitate winning a winning culture right. and, and bring wins to this city, that's what matters. And that's why to your point brags about saying if Justin Fields goes off and I said this in the article too, I was like, yeah. the only time that this comes into play is if Justin Fields goes off and the bears are struggling, but if the bears move on from Justin Fields, say they get Caleb Williams and Caleb Williams looks great or looks like he's going to turn into something, then everyone, then it's fine. Everyone's yeah. happy. Yeah. It's not, it's it like, it's no big deal. This only becomes an issue if Justin goes and has success and the bears do not. Well, well I mean, did you see the bye bye Barry documentary on Amazon prime about, yeah, I haven't uh, watched it yet. And it's, I need it's, to. Fanta it's fantastic. Yeah. But the, because it's all about why did you retire Barry? Everybody wants right. to, we've been asking that question for 20 years now, <laughs> but part of it, in the documentary is 
he says, you know, when they started taking some of my teammates that I'd been going to battle with for years out of here, that, that I didn't love that. And, but mm -hmm. to that point, if the guys they had replaced those players with made them better and made them a Super Bowl contender, do you think Barry would have retired? Probably no. not. If they you were, know. if the players they had replaced them with won them a Super Bowl, Barry would probably have played another five years or whatever. But because he, they got replaced, that a upset him, and b they got worse. He was like, "All right, guys, I'm I'm tapping out here." So again, results driven business for even yeah. Hall of Famers like Barry Sanders. And the good news is if Justin Fields were to go to Atlanta and Arthur Smith was still the head coach, I don't think we'd have anything to worry about. You'd be like, okay, well, this is fine. It'll be just another player that's going to be, you know, underutilized there in Atlanta. But let me ask you this, Carmen, is there a difference? Okay. Let's say you do draft a quarterback. Is it a huge difference in the locker room overall? If it's Caleb Williams, as opposed to Drake may, I mean, Gra Braggs is talking about this. Uh, Caleb Williams, because I'm with you, Braggs. I think that if I'm going to go along with your guys' scenario, it has to be Caleb Williams. Like, there's, I don't even want to consider, I'm not bringing in, and it's, I know the North Carolina thing doesn't matter, but it's like, I want a guy from a big time, from a, but I want a guy, I want a guy from a big time school. I don't want to draft. I don't want to draft a guy from North Carolina or North what Dakota State. Or ACC's garbage. Mean? It's garbage. <laughs> it is. I'll tell you this too. Think I shaft doesn't mean the entire conference is garbage. It is dealing with a couple of meatballs here. It is absolute <laughs> garbage. I do not want an ACC. No, 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 no. I'm not. What are we going to bring in, Mike Glennon? I think like want to go ACC quarterbacks. Like no. Caleb Williams has won the Heisman Trophy. He played at USC. I know they love to float the graphic about like, look at him against the good. Like, okay, first of all, um, look at Justin Herbert. When he was at Oregon, he also struggled against good teams. I think he's turned out okay. Like, I want one of these. I want Caleb Williams. But is there a question? The, is there the bear? Is, is there, <laughs> is there a, a question? Is there a difference for the Bears? Does this? Does the question change if it's if you if you miss out on Caleb Williams and it's Drake May? Does that change the conversation? It changes the conversation as far as what this team, what their goals are and who they're going to bring in at offensive coordinator if they're making a change or what their system is going to be and who fits, who ultimately fits it. The, I get that, you know, there's some PTSD from the Mitch Trubisky thing, but I have to hammer the point home that Ryan Poles was not a part of that. Ryan Poles doesn't care that that Drake May is from the same school as Mitch Trubisky. All he cares about is if Drake Meg can run the system that they're about to implement, or if he has faith in his evaluation on Drake May or Caleb Williams or whoever it is that I don't know the answer to that question for all we know at this point, Ryan Poles could be favoring Drake May over Caleb Williams and they, because he fits the system and they're going to stay with Luke Getze. And I, we don't know the answers to these questions yet because we don't know what kind of offensive system the bears are ultimately going to run once this new quarterback gets there. Once yeah. we have the answer to that, I think that we can start prognosticating a little bit more about, okay, is it Caleb Williams? Is it Drake May? From evaluators I've talked to around the league who are scouts for teams and personnel directors for teams, college scouting directors, I, there's not as big of a gap between Caleb Williams and Drake May as I think we're all talking about. The NFL, the league, does not see those two as Caleb up here and Drake. They're a huge drop-off after that. It just... Right really depends on what you need and what you want out of a quarterback. I agree I, with, I agree with that. I think that uh, Caleb Williams and I, tell me if I'm wrong here from what you're hearing from people as I commandeer Adam's show. If, if, <laughs> I love if, 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 you know, I'm a bull in a China shop. If Caleb Williams <laughs> and Drake may were in last year's draft, I believe that they would go ahead of both quarterbacks. Oh in yeah. Last year's draft. Yes. hundred percent. Yes. I absolutely think that's Caleb true. Williams for think, sure. I also think that that's a different, if we want to go here, that's a different conversation for the Chicago bears last year is if these two quarterbacks are in the draft, do the bears actually trade out of that number one spot? I don't know if that's the case. And right. I think they wanted to give Justin Fields as much of a true evaluation with talent around him. But I think both of these guys between Caleb Williams and Drake may are one of the, are those can't miss prospects are the ones that, really look like they're going to translate into like to the league 
So I, I think that's a whole different conversation, but I don't think it's a question on if the both of these guys would have gone before Bryce Young because no one understood what CJ Stroud was going to be immediately. Correct. I'm sorry. I'm giving off poor body language now, and uh, I apologize because every time I feel um, everybody's trying to prop up Drake May, it's giving me flashbacks to when people were trying to be like, Ryan Leaf is better than Peyton Manning. And you're like, yeah, I, okay, that, that misses because you, could, you guys, you guys, suit. you guys weren't alive for that, but, um, I was, more, I was, alive. hold on. Let me, let me think. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to think of, I'm trying to think of a more recent one. Actually, it's kind of a Zach Wilson type of thing. Like, ah, no, we're good. Caleb Williams is the guy. Like he is that I honestly, I don't like the, um, I don't like the the criticism that he's getting because a lot of it is unfair. And Daniel Jeremiah, who I was talking to, is I I don't want to put words in his mouth, and I don't know how much of this has been publicized. But I <laughs> I think I think Daniel Jeremiah. I I know I was also, and I'm also hearing stuff about uh, who the potential new offensive coordinator can be, but I can't say who it is because if I did, it would be pretty obvious to connect the dots who my source is. So that would get blown up. <laughs> but I think there's been talk that I've heard that Eberflus is staying and that the offensive coordinator is being switched. I can't say who it is, uh, but it's a well-known offensive coordinator who has not been an NFL head coach, but is oh, okay. a, a, well, a well-known offensive coordinator uh, who's been connected to head coaching jobs, but has not quite gotten them. Well, I uh, hope that name is Greg Roman. Cause I've been asking for Greg Roman to get in this place <laughs> since week four, when I fired Luke Getze for the first of the four times <laughs> I fired him this year on yeah. our post game shows. Uh, yeah, I would have guessed Frank Reich, but then you said not a head coach, so not a head coach. I would love for Greg Roman to be in here. And I agree with you that I think Matt's going to be here next year. And you, you kind of start to hear it here in these press conferences today when he was asked about Luke Getze, um, he said, you know, he thought he's doing a good job and he's a good guy and that he was going to evaluate that at the end of the year. And it's, of course, like, I don't know, some of you can say it's coach talk, but it also sounded like a guy that's very comfortable in the idea that he's going to be making these decisions when the year is over. Well, well uh, he has to, he has to get a new defensive coordinator too. Like yeah. he's going to have yeah. to make changes to his staff at this point anyway. So I don't see the, the harm in, <laughs> trading out something especially if you get a new quarterback but uh tom or uh not tom delong mark telesco uh, mark telesco had been great about like yeah we're gonna start evaluating the coach here pretty soon uh yeah he also got replaced that was always tom telesco that was the best is like he was when he got not that he's fired that's not the best but like he was also of the mind of like yeah we're looking at the coach position and then he ultimately got released so i could see ryan poles being like, what are you talking about, fool? Like, what do you mean? He's being, you're also being evaluated. But again, what I'm starting to hear more and more is that Matt Eberflus might be safe. So we should probably start. And I'm sorry for Draft Doctor Phil and all those guys who want him. <laughs> I want him fired as well. You know, poor Phil. And Phil's I gotta, gonna lose it. Phil is he's, gonna lose he's it. not gonna enjoy it. But Phil's he's still mad at me. And everybody's if, if the Bears keep Eberflus and they draft Drake May, because Shane doesn't want them to draft Drake May. Tape oh, never lies. I'm, Network might implode. I cannot. <laughs> I cannot get down with Drake May. I just. I don't like it. Caleb, fine. Like I again. I'm gonna root forever. Is the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. My whole thing of all Carmen scenarios. Uh, I like the option one A with giving him the fifth year option. That's twenty five mil. You can draft a quarterback in twenty twenty five if you need to. Um, whatever. But that's me. That's what I would do. I want Marvin Harrison Jr. Because I don't know. Is this a, is this fair enough to say? Like, if Marvin Harrison Jr. was playing for the Bears on Sunday, would they have won that game? I think yeah. that they would have. I and think the, and been... the Lions game where Tyler Scott dropped that one, you know, the that's, perfect that's not... ball to win the game. I, I mean, I love Tyler, but I'm just saying, like, I, I you, admit you, it. you know, that, hey, I'm just saying, like, everybody has a role on the team. If Marvin Harrison is the guy in that X or Y spot, that's a lot of talent. That's only going to make Tyler Scott better. So, you know, yeah. to, oh, me, no. to me, uh, but that's an interesting point because you're saying let's draft Marvin Harris Jr. Something I would, I've loved the idea of for years, but to me, the trade back might be more intriguing because if you're going to double down on, on Justin for at least two more years with a fifth year option, can you at least hedge it a little bit by trading back and adding all these future first round picks right. Because to Carmi's point, like 
well, how are the Bears going to be able to draft that high in the draft again? Well, Ryan should do then what he did with the Panthers, identify a team that he thinks might fall into the top 10 or top five, even that if that can be a little tricky. Yeah, I got into that too, because I mean, if you still want Marvin Harrison Jr., and you're not going to take a quarterback. So you're, you're like, all right, I'm going to trade out of the number one spot. Say you have the number one spot. You're going to trade out of that. And you're going to, you want Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. You can't trade out of the top three. Yeah. Like you're not like once those two quarterbacks go, you cannot do that without taking a substantial risk. And Huge what risk. is the return going to be if going back from one to three versus what it could be from one to what we saw last year, which was one to nine. And that's when you start getting multiple first round picks in the future And there's just every scenario isn't as cut and dry as it necessarily seems because everybody wants the capital. Like people who are in favor of of keeping Justin Fields and drafting Marvin Harrison, I'm like, okay, but there's a there's some element of having your cake and eating it, too, in those scenarios, because you're still not guaranteed Marvin Harrison by trading back or hedging your bets or having like there's so much that goes into this. It's such a complicated and nuanced decision, and it goes very far beyond whether or not you think Justin Fields is going to succeed in this league. I think it's exciting though, because I just think whatever scenario you draw up, I I've yet to find one where I'm like, well, that's not going to be good for the bears. Yes. Braggs, this is why I love like talking to you and why I love like having me on episodes with you. Adam, I I'm on with you every week. Okay. I'm going to, I love being on with you. You know that I don't keep coming back for a reason, but Braggs always brings in like the human kind of, element of everything of like why are we divided as, as, as a fan base or why are like why are bears fans at each other's throats like Braggs is the one that brings up these conversations and i just truly appreciate it because as people that have that are commentators that are journalists in my case where i'm just trying to lay out all of the things that i that, like, that's my opinion it's like i get killed for this kind of stuff and i'm like why are we doing this the only reason that i have this opinion is because i think this is what's best for the chicago bears as does everyone else it doesn't matter which opinion you have everyone wants the same thing and i just really appreciate Bragg's doing that i got your back for the bears to win and that's why i want marvin harrison jr the nfc north is a better division when the bears are good oh the world is better when the bears are good and you know what else is good Underdog fantasy. Oh, it's the easiest way to play fantasy football. And if you have been bummed out because your fantasy season is over, stop being bummed out. Go to underdogfantasy.com right now, or better yet, download the Underdog Fantasy app. And all first-time users who use the promo code SICK will have their initial deposit matched up to $100. Super easy to get started. There's all sorts of contests going on. It'll go through the playoffs. They also have NBA. There is so much stuff going on to underdogfantasy.com. I implore you. I encourage you to go there right now. Get started. Use the promo code SICK and start your fantasy journey. And uh, one guy that I had in fantasy recently, Jackson Smith and Jigba. See, that's the thing. Like a lot of people talk about, like, why is Drew Locke? Why are Gino and Dude Locke doing so well? You're like, well, he's got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and <laughs> Jackson Smith and Jigba. It's not like like if he just had DK and a bunch of dudes, it would be a much different scenario for those quarterbacks, which is why I like it. Cause I I would see, I would even say this, like, fine, like I'm no, I'm still I'm Justin all the way. I will buy, I will be like, okay, if they do the if they I like Caleb Williams enough to be like, okay, fine. Like that's okay. I, I'm with Braggs because I watch him all the time. I think that the the heat on him has been way too much. Uh, we saw this happen. DJ actually, Daniel Jeremiah pointed this out with some other quarterback in recent years. It might have been Patrick Mahomes who was forced to play too much hero ball, which is why he was downgraded so much. So I'm like, okay. So I I see that. I would rather go. I think that's more sure. Like Drake May, you're like, okay. Like I don't know. We've seen small school guys do. I mean, like Josh Allen. Is a small school. Don't guy. you think the heat on Caleb this year is is good preparation for him yeah. coming to oh, Chicago? Listen, that's the thing too. Like he's not gonna yeah. he's not gonna trip out by going to Chicago. He's gonna be like whatever. That's why I was so mad at the USC's PR staff though, because they kind of let Caleb shy away from the cameras. They let like they were like, oh, he's not available after losses. All those. I'm like, what do you think this guy's going into in the NFL? Like if he goes to a big market, if he goes to a team that's been struggling. This is something he's going to have to deal with. And I think he's fully capable of it. I don't think that you're giving Caleb Williams enough credit 
for who he is. I mean, he's doing Wendy's endorsement deals and he's doing all yeah. these national commercials. Yep. The guy can handle answering some questions after a USC law. That's, yeah. I was <laughs> livid with USC's PR stuff because I'm like, that's not helping anyone. That is not that's preparing Caleb. That was, I mean, and for the that's, record, I also want to state that Caleb Williams, I for all I've heard that there, it's not so, like there's not a huge gap. Don't overthink it. Caleb Williams is the best yes. prospect in this class. And, and But shout out to Tim Tessalone. He does a nice job. Like I, he is, he is. Is that a, the USCPR person that yeah, I'm like, okay, well. Yeah. He's he's good. I, I think it comes from the family. I don't think it comes, because USC has usually been pretty good about putting those guys out there. I know that working with them, uh, them because I used to cover them and you, well, I was the backup guy for uh, the Orange County Register covering USC and UCLA. This is back when Pete Carroll was there. Uh, this is back when Carl Durrell and Bob Toledo were the coaches at UCLA. Both both PR and Tim Tesselone's been there for Tesselone might have retired. Who knows? Um, but in any event, I wonder if we Sammy, do we have any questions? By the way, I know we've been blowing by. Um, so sorry. Uh, oh my gosh. Oh yeah, it's Kerry Franklin. Sorry about this. Uh, I know the last few years have sucked, Adam, but Bears fans stick with the jersey. The tape never lies review of the Getzy offense shows it's time to replace QB one. If they get the number one pick, I love JF. Uh, I can't defend it no more. I trust Ryan Poles. I mean, considering everything that's happened outside, like the Chase Claypool thing didn't work out. I think that we have every reason to believe to be optimistic about Ryan Poles. Don't you agree, Greg? Oh, I. you won't find a bigger advocate of Ryan Poles than me. I I I totally all in with what he's been doing. And that was even before Montez sweat. Uh, he set this team up for the future. Everybody says, well, it's easy to tear a team down. I'm sorry uh, for a GM. It isn't like George McCaskey to hire GMs that convince him to tear a team down. Every GM in my lifetime that they've hired have always been trying to put a bandaid on a gunshot wound. This was the first GM in my lifetime that was able to convince bears ownership that we got to rip it to the studs. And so that's pretty impressive from a young GM to do that. And so everything that's followed since then, obviously the trade with Carolina being an absolute home run, no matter where this pick ends up now, worst ca case scenario being two or three. I mean, my goodness. So uh, yeah, I'm all in the Montez sweat is just another indicator of how he's identifying talent and building this thing out. If you look at the way the draft has folded out the last two years, got a lot of heat for yeah. drafting Jaquan Brisker over George Pickens. It's looking pretty good right oh, now. You know, all then. Oh, on, what about on, on both ends? I'm not even trying to trash George Pickens, but he isn't. Oh. It's not looking good for him there. And Jaquan Brisker's playing great lately. Uh, you know, these secondary guys he's brought in, Tyreek Stevenson's making plays. I could go all the way down. Kyler Gordon, Kyler Gordon over Christian Watson. I think right. that's, I'm okay Dar with that. Darnell Wright over, you know, uh, you know, Carter took a lot of heat for that. Well, now all of a sudden Jervon Dexter's starting to develop a little bit. Is he going to be Carter? Maybe not, but at the same time, he's showing a calculated approach and I'm enjoying the way he's building this team. And I'm excited to see what moves he makes this off season. Yeah. I'm excited. I really about think the that I really think that Ryan Poles also sold or told the McCaskies, listen, this is going to be a three-year process. I think that it's a multi-year process. And if we're kind of taking a high-level view of this in year two, the Bears are right on schedule. Like you've got your evaluation on Justin Fields. It's not in the way that some people envisioned it, I think. I think that they, if they end up moving on, like that was your evaluation and you got it. I also think that the defense has come on under Matt Eberflus and it looks good. By the end of the second season, the defense is largely figured out. So if you're looking at this from a timeline perspective, you've made the strides that you promised within the first two years. Now the third year is where you start being competitive and you only have a couple more holes to fill. Well, this is what I'll ask every Bears fan. Do you trust Ryan Poles? Yes. And most Bears fans are going to say yes. And if you do, then put whatever prediction you have to the side, whatever opinion you have to the side, whatever preference you have to the side, and just let Ryan Poles do his work. If you trust him, then whatever move he makes, I'm going to sign off on, and yeah. I'm not going to say, well, that's this is what I wanted, and so I'm not going to roll with you anymore, Ryan Poles. No, Ryan Poles is doing it the right way. He's earned the benefit of the doubt. 
to make these big decisions on the head coach and quarterback this offseason with a little bit of trust in what he's doing. Well, I'm ride or die with Ryan Poles. I'm a big Justin Fields fan, but listen, I'm going to take whatever whatever Ryan Poles says and be like, hey. It's like kind of like having a parent where it's like, hey, this is for your own good. You're like, okay. Ultimately, they're usually right. So you're like, okay, uh, I'm going to go along with that. But Sammy says we have a ton of questions. Mm -hmm. So I want to go ahead and uh, start bringing some of these up. Oh, Carrie again. A nice job, Braggs, not putting the cheese head on today. What is happening? I will be at the Bears-Packers game, week 18, supporting the Bears. Great show, guys, and Carm, even though you are a Jordan Love fan. That's true. Uh, we, we don't even talk. Yeah, huge. I, don't, I don't even want to tell you what happened today on CHGO Bears. What happened? Know. Tell us. You Adam, had to put what, on, did you put Adam, a cheese head on? Carmi, you know me better than that. <laughs> well, that's why. Like, Adam, I'm very. Adam, I'm gonna t map you out the story. Adam Hogue last night, yeah. all of a sudden, has this epiphany that the Packers need to beat the Panthers this Sunday. It's like, yeah, yeah okay. no kidding. Oh God, they're breaking, not going to. Breaking, well, they're going to lose 100. Breaking, yeah, exactly. Just to stick it to us. Uh, breaking news. Adam's like, oh, Eureka! We need the Panthers to lose this Sunday. Thank you, Adam. Welcome to the party. Then he goes, we should all wear. Green Bay Green on the show tomorrow. And I go, Car Mark Carmen goes, I'm in. And I put absolutely, what? I put no. absolutely effing not in the yeah. Slack channel in our discussion about this. So today, these two jamokes show up in green. Oh my God. And I'm busting their ass about it. And they, then all of a sudden, Adam Hogue, whose predominant family lives in Wisconsin and our Packer fans, he busts out went to a Wisconsin. Cheese, went to Wisconsin. <laughs> he busts out a cheese head on our CHGO Bears show. Unbelievable. I, it was unbelievable. I threw Incredible. the thing down the stairs. I had a complete riot scene. I was losing my mind. <laughs> you out. melting down, Brad? I, like I had a complete meltdown. I said, <laughs> I've been embarrassed many times for the things Mark Carmen has said on our show, but I've never <laughs> been more embarrassed than in that moment. <laughs> like you can want them to win. You know, Carmen does it every week. And I, nah, I'm, I'm joking. I'm teasing. Here's my thing. They want, they will win. They, they should win. Like, cause like they Jordan, Love, win. Jordan Love is trying to win. Cause he's still got to prove that he's the quarterback of the future for green Bay. Aaron Rodgers would lose 100% for sure. I guarantee you like the, Rodgers would throw the game. Like well, I wouldn't he even finish his rookie season with like six straight losses. So. Yeah. 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 He was no, like, I, yeah, I, no, I want the Packers to win this Sunday. But I do I too. Use to wear. I'm not putting on, not putting on a hat for it. No. Yeah. no, like it was yeah. a bridge too far. They, they're trying to get me riled up and it worked and I lost my way mind to stick today. to your guns, Brad. Not, not worth it. Yeah. You never touch that. Uh, what about another question, Sammy? What do we got going on? Uh, question the bears keep fields and draft Williams too, and let him sit on the bench for a year. Absolutely not. There is no, there is no possible scenario where that works because if you, if you've moved on from Justin Fields, the only fair thing to do is to trade him to some organization that would want to use him. Obviously the, the Falcons get thrown a lot around a lot because of the, uh, because of the connection. Cause he's from Georgia. The Raiders are another situation too, where you could see a possibility there, but uh, there's no way, right? No, no, it I mean, would this be another. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I'm just like there is. This isn't an Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes situation yeah. where Alex Smith is on the tail end of his career and he's a vested veteran and there's stuff to be learned from Alex Smith. Justin Fields is still trying to learn who he is as an NFL quarterback. He is not trying to mentor the guy that is eventually going to take his job, even right. if Justin Fields starts. Like that's not where Justin Fields is in his career. He's trying to still establish himself. So that's yeah. very that's completely unfair to ask him to yeah. stay there and be like, well, just be our bridge, be our bridge quarterback. Like that would be the absolute worst case scenario for Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah that, I agree. That's not going to happen. It, it might work out in Madden or something like that, but it's not going to work out here. Uh, what about another question there, Sammy? Uh, would they trade the pick the Patriots to the Patriots for Belichick? Um, you know what? I know that some people are convinced and I know uh, Braggs doesn't want to hear this, there are some people who are convinced that Jim Harbaugh is going to Los Angeles to be the, the Chargers head coach. And, you know, a lot of people might forget this, but Jim Harbaugh also quarterbacked the Chargers, much like he yep. did for the Chicago Bears. I think Belichick's an interesting spot for Los Angeles as well. And I, I could see that 
you know, if, if, if I'm Belichick and I'm looking for, you know, that golden parachute type of thing, one last run, I would look at the chargers as a matter of fact, to the point of like the league should just make this happen. Like the way that the MLB made Otani go to the, the go to the Dodgers. I think that the NFL should be like, Belichick's got to go to the chargers because we gotta, we gotta make this a legitimate franchise so that it's not as embarrassing as it normally is. Braggs, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm fine with Belichick going to the Chargers because that ups the ante on my possibility of Jim Harbaugh <laughs> coming here. Um, that would surprise me. It just doesn't feel like a fit as he's been this East Coast coach for so long to go all the way to the other side of the country. Uh, but it also surprises me that he's leaving New England at all. So um, well, they get Caleb Williams. I think uh, I think it probably sticks around. Yeah, that's true, too. I also don't think that like, Bill Belichick isn't he's not going to give up personnel control after having it for this long. Like you have to go somewhere where there's not a GM already in place, even if he's not going to be in control and be the, That's char- GM, with the charger. Yeah. The chargers he, don't have a GM. Right. He has to, I think that he would at least need input on who his GM would, would be. I don't think that he's necessarily going to a place where the GM is still there and, and taking over as head coach and just completely foregoing that side of things when he's been doing it for two decades, the, the two, two bearing, success i'll give him i'll give everybody that but i just don't see that happening with a team that already has a gm in place the belichick angle that i find interesting is if it comes down to the final week of the season for that number one pick and the patriots are playing the jets bill belichick if he's on his way out and tries to win that game over the jets a very winnable game for them it'd be two years in a row where lovey smith who was on his way out shouldn't have been coaching that game Coach yeah. the Texans up to a win, which helped the Bears. And then the next year, Bill Belichick does the exact same thing for the Patriots for the in the Panthers. last week. Trust me. Oh. When we talk about scenarios, I've literally thought of all 9,000 of them at this point, And I'm very stressed out in the holiday season. Like the 1,000 playoff scenarios that the Bears still have right now, which you never know. Like this is the NFL. This is the way the season has been going. Nothing is uh, seems out of bounds at this point. Uh, how about another question, though, Sammy? Do we got one more uh, question? How much do you offer Mooney to return? Is ten million for three years enough? Yeah, that's an interesting one because the Bears do have a question. I feel like you know if if they end up drafting some wide receivers, I again, you know, you talk about resetting the clock with some players. I think that the Bears might be looking to the draft to replace it, and Darnell Mooney might be out. Carmen, what are you hearing? I mean, at the same time, he only has 400 yards on the season. Yeah. He there's there's no way that he's going to command a lot of money uh, in in the open market in a trade, whatever whatever it ends up happening. He's just he hasn't had the production, and he certainly hasn't had the production this year that you were hoping he would have as the wider as the wide receiver two behind DJ Moore. And you've also now his effort is starting to come into question. So that's just like all bad. Like it's not like the production's not there, but also the effort's not there. And, and so I just like you you can keep him if you think that bringing another receiver and like bumping Darnell Mooney down to wide receiver three, if you you can see value in that because you're likely going to be able to get him for wide receiver three money because I don't know who else is going to pay him more than that after this season. Yeah, uh, to me if the bears are like, well, you only got 400 yards receiving. And so we're going to pay you this. He's going to be like, well, you guys are the reason that I've only got 400 yards. Receiving. I'm, not get, I'm not giving you a hometown Fair. discount. I'm, you know, I'll take that money somewhere else if I'm going to get the same dollar amount. So I, I don't think he'll return with the bears here next year. Yeah. I was thinking places like Kansas city, perhaps Los Angeles, the chargers that is uh, being opportunities for him to go out there and kind of restart uh, for himself. And, and I, I think that I see that as a realistic scenario and I like Darnell Mooney and I had an opportunity to meet him when the, when the bears were out here playing the chargers. So I'd be bummed to see him go, but I understand that it's probably going to, he's probably going to end up playing somewhere else next season, especially if you draft a wide receiver and, you know, with Tyler Scott starting to uh, emerge, it'll be interesting too, to see uh, if Tyler Scott gets more opportunities over the next three games as we start to see like, Hey, you know what? We're moving forward. And some of the guys who might not be here next year start to take a little bit of a backseat. All right. Sammy, do we have another question? Uh, one more, uh, how much does the pressure from the fans, the media and the weight of the city on the shoulders affect the quarterback play in Chicago? I believe it's a major factor. And I believe fields is more well-equipped to handle it 
than anyone else that we've seen since McMahon. Carmen, what do you feel feel about that? Do you? I mean, I know you were talking about it earlier with Caleb Williams. Do you think it's a real issue uh, that will go into the evaluation of the young quarterbacks coming in? I mean, not necessarily because playing quarterback in the NFL, you, you're under a lot of pressure. It doesn't matter. If, and now is the Chicago a little bit tougher of a market than, say, Tampa? Sure, definitely is. But at the same time, you are worried about how that guy acts in the building, inside the locker room. And does some of, is some of that affected by how he reacts to outside noise? Of course it is. But I don't necessarily think that you are passing on a guy because you're worried about how he would do in Chicago versus another city. It's a high-pressure situation. Being one of the top quarterbacks taken is comes with a pressure all on its own. Caleb Williams was a Heisman finalist and he ended up winning the Heisman. So he had expectations on him all season this year. And that's, that's, you, you like seeing that in a guy being like, all right, well, he's had these expectations on him. Sure. I just don't necessarily think that it's a factor in a front office decision or can make or break a front office decision. And I'll tell you a story too, about Justin Fields from a coach on an opposing team this year where there was, a scenario where pregame, he said, Justin Fields had this look in his eyes, like nothing faced him. He's like fearless, just looked absolutely unafraid of everything. The moment the ball snapped, the moment he got hit the first time, that was gone. And I thought that was a really interesting like evaluation of Justin Fields and if he's handling the pressure well or not. I like there's literal pressure that you're talking about when you're talking about Justin Fields getting hit and and his offensive line breaking down in certain ways. But I mean, it's a hard thing to handle for anyone. And I don't think Justin's immune to that. And and has that come into play with how well he's he's fared in Chicago? I I honestly don't think so. But it's it's it it was an interesting story and an interesting anecdote that I was told this week. um, And I wanted to share that because that was. I think it gets to Justin more than you think it is. Yeah, but you uh, you wanted to share that so Bears fans will hate you more. Yeah, right at the <laughs> I end. I'm telling you what uh, I'm hearing. It. But this I mean, is, this is what I I didn't even seek this out either. Fair. It was one of the coaches called me and was like, "So I want to tell you this," and I was like, "Okay, okay cool. You just, tell me." He just he just, he just wanted it. He just wanted he just wanted to let that be known. I don't know what about a what about a quarterback who is a multi-time MVP and Super Bowl winner who loses his damn mind because his wide receiver couldn't line up and starts bitching about the officials. Yeah. Like, like that, like, you know what, like that, but it, but it's not fair to be like, well, this guy, like none of them can handle it. Like if Patrick Mahomes freaks out like that, none of these guys are immune. Like that is the thing. Like, like, I think that's what I was alluding to as well. Like it gets to everybody. The pressure gets to everybody. Sure. What do you think, though, Braggs? Is it too much? Is Chicago? Are we too tough? Are the meatballs too tough on people? I mean, it does take us. It takes a special team, special players, special mentality to overcome the adversity. Like I said, I'm a Cub fan, and we dealt with that pressure of 108 years, and every team would fail. And then it finally took this one team with Joe Madden, who you're familiar with. Uh, with the angels and he had a very laid back mentality that spilled over into the locker room and that helped them. And they still almost blew it in game seven of the world series because the pressure can be so great here. And that definitely comes into play when it comes to the quarterback position here in Chicago, Michael Jordan uh, superseded all pressure because he stared pressure in the face and spit at it and, and and would (laughs) rip your face off to beat you. And that's the kind of mentality we strive for in Chicago. I think the, I think it is a Michael Jordan curse to a lot of, a lot of us that watched him play because we expect you to get to that level of Kobe and Michael of this competitive nature that can't be denied. And not every player can reach those levels. So I would push back on Carmi when it comes to the evaluation of their maturity and how they handle pressure. I think those are going to, if, if you're telling me Carmi that Drake may and, and Caleb Williams are very close in their uh, talent evaluation, then I think sometimes the maturity and ability to handle pressure and how they handle the media. I think those things will come into consideration in a big way in what, how these teams evaluate these two guys um you know at the end of the day it is about what you do on the field but those things are i think important especially in cities like this yeah 
And you're coming from Chapel Hill. I don't think it's quite the same. Coming to Chicago is a little bit different. By the way, I want to remind everybody, Chicago Bears playing host to the Arizona Cardinals. I know, Braggs, you said the tickets are now like 25 bucks or something like that. But if you well, want to... It's Christmas Eve, too. It's Christmas you know? Eve. Yeah, listen. Or, you know what? You know what's a great thing to do I was like the Bills game last year on Christmas Eve that I was at. <laughs> right? But also, if it you don't want to go out, no It's going to be cold, maybe snow. Who knows? It's the Midwest. But if you want to watch it in the warmth, why not Game Room Chicago, which is located inside the historic Chicago Athletic Association Hotel. It's got so many things. It's got skee-ball, papa shot, uh, all sorts of other things, and a menu with Michelin-starred chef. Mari Katsumura, who has his snack foods. There are beer towers, signature shareable cocktails. There are also a weekend Bloody Mary bar and plenty of space to watch your favorite games in the warmth and comfort that you don't got to go out there and face all the meatballs and all the snow and all the flurries and all that stuff. Game Room Chicago is an excellent place to watch this weekend's game. And uh, listen, uh, I know that we've ran over the hour. I want to thank everybody who uh, joined us here tonight. Uh, we appreciate everybody weighing in. Uh, Carmi, always is great to see you. What do you got coming up this weekend? Where are you going to be watching the games? Yeah, I will be uh, actually cooking for a bunch nice. of my family. <laughs> uh, so I am going to be able to watch the games from home and and cover these games remotely, which is a really nice thing uh, over mm -hmm. the holidays because, uh, honestly, I, I haven't had a proper Christmas uh, for as long as the NFL is playing games on Christmas or around Christmas. It usually means that I'm working, so that's it's been great that I'm going to get to do that this weekend. <laughs> how, about, how about you, Braggs? What do you got? What's, uh, what's the holiday itinerary looking like? Yeah, well, you know, got obviously family plans, you know, Saturday and Sunday, but we also will be doing a pre and post game show on Christmas Eve on CHGO Bears. If you go to CHGO Sports on YouTube, you'll be able to find that. Me and Adam Hogue and Mark Carmen will be in studio. Nick Moriano always reporting from the stadium at Soldier Field and, and giving us the inside details from the locker room. So excited to see how this all shakes out. There's a lot of different implications with games across the league for the Bears in that number one pick. And and where the Bears pick will be right now, it's at one and five. So, uh, yeah, it'll be exciting to see how this all shakes out. We got three weeks to go, and uh, we all want answers. But for now, we'll just have to see how things go on Sunday. It's a huge waiting pattern, and uh, it'll all be solved. The mystery will get a little bit more clear as we get to the end of the season. But, of course, three more games to go, as you said. want to thank both of you for being here. Appreciate all your work that you do throughout the entirety of the season, not only at FoxSports.com, but CHGO. We're all friends here, and so it's great to get together and talk to you. I want to wish you the happiest of holidays. Thank you once again for being here. So for Carmen and Braggs, I'm Adam. Bear down. And Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy.